What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm here in the house today with my friend Judy Fox. Can't wait to introduce her. But before I do that, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for your support of the What Are You Made Of movement, the Rocket Fuel book. If you haven't got a copy, go to MikeCRock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy. There's also the Kindle version has just been added. So if you like to read on Kindle, go do that. I'm a hard copy book kind of guy. So and also, eventually, I will get the audio out to you, but I'm not ready to do that yet. So, But anyway, go buy a copy, become unstoppable. Today, we have Judy Fox with us. She's generated over 5 million views on LinkedIn in the last two years and is listed as a top 10 LinkedIn coach for 2021 in Yahoo Finance. She is featured in Inc. Magazine, CEO Magazine, Vid Summit, Video, many, many others, and even Housing Wire, something on Housing Wire today she mentioned. So she's absolutely awesome. With over 18 years experience in business development and sales, Judy has developed the LinkedIn Business Accelerator Method, and we will talk to her about that today, which helps her clients get over 1 million content views in 90 days. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I can't wait to get into this. Judy, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. (laughs) Now, you know, we start the show with this question, what are you made of? And we're going to start that in like no other. And then we're going to get into this, how do you get views on LinkedIn? Because I'm intrigued by this. I don't know that anybody posts as much as I do on LinkedIn. So we're going we're gonna to have some fun with this. But anyway, Judy, what are you made of? I really resonated with my results when I took Strength Finders. So if you've ever heard of Strength Finders, I think leaning into where your natural strengths take you. And I think we don't see the magic of that as much as we should because we're constantly told we need to be great at everything lean into your strengths. So my strengths are achievement oriented, focus, learner, command, and relatability. I love relating to people. Now, what are your weaknesses? I have no idea because I don't focus on them. What you uh, love it. on expands. <laughs> so I have an idea. I have an- we all have weaknesses, but I think the best coaching I ever got said focus on what literally what you put your focus on is the thing that's going to expand in your life the biggest. So if you constantly keep focusing on your weaknesses to try to make them better, why don't you lean in harder on your strengths that you already have and focus on them? And they'll become so big of the piece of the pie that your weaknesses just get pushed out a lot more. So Yeah. So you don't believe in working on and getting better in areas that you're weak at all? I do, but it's being able to acknowledge they exist and maybe find ways to create strengths that you already have that can help them instead of trying to focus on just them, try to find ways your strengths can overtake them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. And I like getting other people to handle the weaknesses. Oh, that's um, smart too. Outsource the things you're not yeah. strong at. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is, it's like, you got to understand what those areas are because if you try to get somebody else to handle them and they, you don't know what the heck you're talking about and it runs you, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll get over on you and all that. So no, I love that. I love working on your strengths. So 
you know, what, as far as LinkedIn goes, how did you get involved with LinkedIn in the first place? Like, how did you get intrigued by it? To me at first, when I was first getting into it, it was kind of like, I was kind of turned away by it just because of the structure is not as easy as some of the other platforms. So how did you get involved with it? So there were two pivotal moments for when I got involved with LinkedIn. The first one was the natural pivot of, I just got laid off. I just got let go because of the housing crisis, the um, 2008 economic situation we went through. So I was in the construction industry at the time, which got hit hard. So definitely was put on, I guess, furlough or paused for a little bit. And then I ended up getting let go, which made sense. They were struggling. So that was exactly when I joined. And right when I lost my job, instead of doing the normal path of hustling to find another job, I packed up everything I owned and I traveled around the world for a year. So I used all those miles, everything that I worked hard for for 10 years. I packed up everything I owned. I joined LinkedIn and my goal was to connect with two people per day to have a real connection. And that was my goal. And it was a very simple, like, I bet this will get me a job versus constantly applying with a resume everywhere. I was going to network my way to my next job. Yeah, relationships. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you so, connect with you would connect with people, but then when you were traveling the world, you would go visit the people, actually meet them in person? I did meet a lot of people in person, but for the most part, I just relied on being remote, like being an international uh what a location independent. So that was back before virtual work was a reality. I started virtual working in 2005. Wow. So that's so, the last time I really was in an office full time was 2005. So I it, have carved it, my own path since then. Isn't it great? It's like, amazing. I, I, I think I love it. I'm kind of, I mean, I know this is bad. The pandemic has caused a lot of terrible things to happen, but it's also caused a huge shift in the working environment that I'm actually here for. Like the idea that I see all these people realizing their strengths, realizing their worth, realizing that they can do it from home and getting the flexibility to live the life they want to live. I am here for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I do miss being around. Like we, I was in a, a, like a cube farm back in the day when I first got in the mortgage business. And I do miss that like fun with the fellas kind of thing, because we had a bunch of group of guys and it was kind of like college again or high school again. And we were all hanging out. I miss that sometimes, but just being able to work from anywhere with it, with the technology now where you can just pop on, you know, as long as you have Wi-Fi, it's like, it's just phenomenal. And if I want yeah. to stop by Imagine the Imagine back whatever. in 2005, 2008, traveling yeah. international, like the network to find a cafe, to find good internet, to find all the different things and then network with people and realize I just didn't tell them where I was located. I had US contracts. I was doing gig work and freelance work back in the day before it became, I guess, part of what everyone sees as the next frontier. So, And what kind of work were you doing though? Uh, environmental engineering type of work and sustainability work. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then now you're not doing that anymore, right? Yeah. Cause so I used that experience to build my own company and that's how I started networking and doing business development and sales using LinkedIn. Cause I realized after that whole year of networking and getting my next job, my next job was business development and sales. So LinkedIn kind of naturally led to that because I was finally leaning into my strengths. Right. Instead of just sitting behind a desk, I was networking with people, which is my relatability. And I love learning about other people. So it was kind of all starting to make sense how I was naturally able to create business. So I then, the reason why my next part of LinkedIn was LinkedIn opened up the ability to upload video to LinkedIn. And then that's the next frontier 
of when I started becoming a content creator and hit millions of views on my content. So the very first viral piece I had, I've had pieces get shared over 7,000 times. So that's a lot of shares. That's not even, that's <laughs> not just views, that's shares. Yeah. So the yeah. expend, those are literally people that are getting access to their network. Yep. So the yep. amount of growth you can have. And I was able to just turn around and say, I can do this for other people. This is something that's in my strengths uh, housing and I can just put it out to the world. So that's what I did. 2018 is when I did my last contract for environmental engineering and I'm full-time into my LinkedIn business accelerator business. Love it. Now I'm going to get more into that in a second, but growing up, like what, tell us about growing up. Like where'd you grow up and you know, are there any events that like really were turning points for you or, or that, that fuel you still to this day? Yes. So I definitely have events that fueled me. I have always been achievement oriented. So growing up, I was very self-motivated. I was a little bit of a rebel, but not in a bad way. Like I wanted to follow the rules, but like almost break them, but not exactly. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I was like, I want to be a good kid, but I kind of want to be unique. And it was this weird balance. So that's mm -hmm. why like somebody who would just pack up everything and travel around the world, it doesn't always fit the normal path, if that makes sense. So that's my been my personality. But I think the biggest life-changing event for me was in 2014. I overnight within one week, I everything that I had worked for, I had a nice house, I had um, built my business at that point, an environmental consulting business. And I was a single mom overnight within one week, like my whole life uh, moved back in with my parents. I called it like breaking my house and everything apart. And it all went to the studs, if that makes sense. How, how old were you when that happened? I was 38. 38. So yeah. yeah, I'm 45 now. So I, well, you don't honestly, and I, I know people <laughs> say this to make people feel good and all that, and you can feel good with this comment. I'm just but facing the light. No, really. You <laughs> No, I thought you were like, I don't know, like early thirties, honestly. I'm going to, I have a youthful energy. That's again, that's, yeah, that's always awesome. been something people have said to me. I've always been told I look young and I feel like that works for me and against me. I don't know if anyone listening right now can relate, but that is, it's an interesting situation. It plays in your favor in some moments. And then in some moments you have to work harder to convince people, you know what you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a funny uh, story real quick. Um, yeah. There's this guy, I think he was 82. He's my buddy's father-in-law and he would, he was single and he would go out and mingle or whatever still. And he would tell the ladies that he was always 10 years younger mm -hmm. or no, no, I'm sorry. He would tell them that he was 10 years older. Oh, wow. So that he would always look younger than his age. So he'd be <laughs> like, so if he was like 62, he would tell people he's 72, he's 72, he'd tell nice. people he's 82 and they'd be like, wow, look at you. You know? So he always uh, wanted the compliments. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and, and he would always do that with the ladies because he was single and mingling. And he would say, yeah, I'm, I'm 82. And they're like, what? So, uh, yeah, that was funny. Anyway. Um, well, I want to say that because of what I went through, because of that situation, and I don't always talk about exactly what happened, but it was very sudden, very shocking, very overnight type of situation where you just lose everything. Like, you just lose it all. Like, I still had money in my bank account, which I'm extremely grateful for. I still had the, some of the furniture and everything that I had worked for, but it was definitely an overnight, immediately lost housing, immediately a complete loss of what I thought my future was going to be, especially when you're married and you think it's all going to turn out one way. And then all of a sudden you find yourself 
not. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's let's like let's get a little deep here for a second, yeah. and you can share with what you want. Uh, I'm not going to, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. But anytime something like that happens, most people will go to blaming. What I've done in my life has changed everything for me. No matter what happens, no matter what anything. If somebody you know looking out from the outside in looks like it's like I got taken advantage of, I got screwed. Whatever the case, I always take responsibility now, and it's given me 100% control. And it's changed my life. So, have you looked at that experience? Is that in that way? And said, you know, what? And I don't even know the details. You can share if you want to, but like that's. I think that's an important lesson to to hear about of how you handled it. You know, yeah. I use the phrase, and again, it's a compilation of soaking in information from people like you. Anyone who's been through something tough. The moment you go through something tough, you're immediately searching those people out. You're immediately like, who's being vulnerable? Who has a podcast? Who's talking about this? Because I need to hear that I'm going to be on the other side of it someday. Yeah. So radical ownership is the phrase that I came across that I completely use today and I put in place in my own business and my own life. It's radical ownership. And I liked the word radical because it just felt like gives me goosebumps because it's like, it's kind of can I cuss? Like yeah, it's yeah, badass yeah, ownership. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not even a bad cuss, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going to cuss, don't, don't, don't threaten it and not do it. No, no, um, no. But <laughs> the concept of that's how I think about my direct messages. That's how I think about my vacation. That's how I think about my business. I'm radically owning this. I'm not anymore just sitting around saying, and radical ownership could be, I'm radically owning my downtime. I'm radically owning my online experience. I'm radically owning what I want to post and how I want to do it. I'm, I'm just radically owning my life. Like it's yeah, just, I love it. yeah. So hey, definitely hey. powerful what you just said, ownership. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, it reminds me of my word perversely unyielding. Not just unyielding, perversely unyielding. You add that extra that extra punch to it. Punch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for well, anyone listening, any type of phrasing you can come up with, that matters. Your brain is like that river of thinking. Yeah. And that's why I have these phrases top of mind constantly. Things like what you focus on expands. That's one of the number one things I learned from somebody I hired to do what I call relationship coaching. Cause it wasn't just, I want to get another relationship. I wanted to make sure all of my relationships were healthy. Cause I started to realize what I was doing was I potentially was ignoring red flags. I saw them, I could notice them, but I wanted to ignore them because I liked, I liked living the rosy life. There's a little bit of too much positivity where you have to notice that this is not okay and you have to stand up for it. And that's still valuable and it's not negative, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it does a lot. You know, and I, I always look at uh, the responsibility thing as like life-changing thing for me. And, but when you're in an adversity, like you said, you just need hope. Yeah. You need, like you said, and I, I talk about that all the time. Like when you're in the close proximity to an adversity, there's very little light at the end of the tunnel confusion, chaos, you feel alone and definitely getting in around other people in proximity or just hearing some other people helps lift you up. Once you get that though, you understand and proactively you can understand that you can take anything that comes your way in the future and understand that, hey, this is not going to stop me. Look what I've made 
things, you know, made it through. That's why I talk about what are you made of all the time? I ask myself that question, like, what are you made of? Look, look, what, look at all the stuff you've been through. Look at all the negative, broken people you were around and you still got to where you are today. Give me more of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's phenomenal. So let's talk about LinkedIn more. Um, what is the secret sauce? I mean, you know, I post things, I, I post just text, I post, post videos, some pictures, um, but I don't think I've gone viral yet. What was the secret to going viral? Well, there's many kind of, I don't know what to call them secrets, but the biggest thing I come back to, and this is probably why I think it's one of the reasons why my business does well when I work with people is I'm able to remove myself from the post and look at it from the audience and be make that relatable. So the number one thing I'll tell you is you have to think about why and how they can like it to make themselves look smart. So other people are literally scrolling on LinkedIn and they really only want to engage in things. They feel super confident that if their boss saw them like it, their coworker yeah. saw them engage with it, it would reflect well on them. So that's, the se- that's part of the secret sauce. I mean, there's probably other things you can do, but if you nail that concept, the idea that they are thinking about themselves. We're literally selfish creatures when we're scrolling on social media. We want to support our friends. We want to congratulate people. We want to like, we want to also then make ourselves look smart. So we don't want to consume content on LinkedIn. Specifically, we're nervous about our job prospects, our networking, and we want it to serve us. So if you serve them with content that just immediately makes them feel safe, they can like it, they can engage, they can comment, and they know for a fact you are a trustworthy communication partner. Yeah. I mean, it's different than other social media platforms because they are concerned, like you said, with their job, their employer networking. So I never looked at it that way. Um, yeah. I guess it makes sense though. I mean, it makes it, it's totally clear. And so it has what- to be easy for their boss. They have to think in their head how easy it for, is for my boss to figure out that what I liked is okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the easier you make it and the, it's just, that's why the simplicity in writing, sometimes you might see posts that are super simple and you're like, how did that go viral? That's part of the reason why. Cause it was written in a simple format in a way that they know for a fact, their boss is never going to get upset that they liked it. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was the thing that went viral for you for the first time? The very first viral thing that I put on the internet was actually a weight loss journey. I lost 50 pounds. So that's very relatable. I didn't even expect it to go viral. I was actually just kind of deciding for the first time to kind of put myself out there in a more vulnerable way versus posting, here's a regulation, here's a permit, here's like all my engineering posts. And then I was like, well, I might just decide to share that I lost 50 pounds and yeah. here's how I did it. And it was kind of a joke because I was like, look, I can't tell you how I did it because I'm not a weight loss expert. I'm just going to share that it definitely had mindset. It definitely had a lot of other things happening in my life. And I kind of had a little bit of humor and I offered a resource. I literally just created a spreadsheet for myself and I gave it away for free saying, if you want, if you're an engineer like me and you just think a spreadsheet will help you lose weight, because I just resonate with a freaking spreadsheet, (laughs) like a chart and a graph and seeing my weight loss on a graph every day, I felt like I was in my element. So it was kind of fun. And like I said, it was mega viral, like millions. I don't even know at this point, it could be five to 10 million views. Holy cow, that many. And yeah. And the thing is, is that it's using your strengths again, right? Because you're, you got that engineer mindset and all that. So 
Yeah. So the next thing, what is another tip on LinkedIn for people with uh, not just posts, but do views matter more than engagement? Uh, if you want money in your bank account, you probably want to matter. You want to, you want to look at engagement. And the biggest thing I tell people is if you cannot convert a view to something, then you're really not doing anything. You're just getting views. Like views are nice, but I am driving traffic. I'm interested in how many people are pushing a button to go click on my website, to go book a call to, and I'm doing that for my clients. So I'm not just saying, is it nice? Does it feel good to get 50,000 views, 100,000 views? But it feels a hell of a lot nicer when people are filling your bank account because they've clicked through to then decide to work with you. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I have a little different approach. And I want to hear your take on it. So, oh, yeah. I'm in well, the and views, uh, really quick views, yeah. though, if you are advertising or doing type of affiliate links, that still does want your clicks to subscribe. Mm-hmm. I consider everything a click. So to me, even if you're trying to get people to listen to your podcast, you're going to want everyone to subscribe. So you still want them to click a button. I want people to click something. Yeah, no, 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. Do some action, right? My thing is, is that I really, on my journey here, I I got a mortgage division that I run, right? And my team takes care of the day-to-day operation. I spend about an hour or two a day in it with them. But I got on this journey of speaking and podcasting and didn't know exactly where it was going to take me. Now, I like to have a clear picture where I'm going. And I know that ideally that my purpose is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. How I was going to do that, I wasn't really quite sure. How doesn't matter, but I just knew that something was there. So what I wanted to do and the aim that I took with all social media is just to become omnipresent so that everybody knew Mike Searock and have value being pushed out to it. So constantly, I would wait for an opportunity for my mission to be served. And I'll just tell you a quick story on Instagram. I, uh, I, I engage with people, LinkedIn, Instagram, direct messaging. And uh, we didn't get to that part yet, but I connected with a guy named Jared Yellen. He's not even that active on Instagram, but just the fact that I was doing it so consistently, I connected with this guy. He's an awesome friend now, a business partner now, and we're starting you know, a tech company together. And I would have never did that if I wasn't known because when I'm on there all the time, posting content all the time, not necessarily having calls to action at the time, but just the fact that the perception of you being on there and putting so much value and people really know that you're, like, you're legit. If you're putting content two or three pieces out a day, it's hard not to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my take on it was, and it might not be the best route for everybody, but mine was just to pump out so much content and engage with people through direct messaging that I thought would you know, align well with me. And something, it just takes one relationship to change your life. And that's what happened to me. Now, I don't know. And and again, there's some big things happening behind the scenes now that just blow people's minds once I share this information with everybody. But I'm a firm believer in it now that set your mind to what you want out of life and then just, you know, get known, get known, period. So I I took a different route. I didn't really have a product at the time. I wasn't pushing the mortgage business out on uh, social media because I was going in a different direction. But talk about DMs. And, and messaging on LinkedIn. Like, how do you use that effectively? Well, I was going to say the biggest takeaway I get is exactly what I tell people. Don't post and ghost. Yeah. So that's, again, focusing on what you don't do. What you do is you engage. And if you're going to post constantly, but be zero engagement back with people. Now, I do believe you can take breaks because there's been times that I just especially during the last, uh, what is it, 2020, 2021, it all merges together during the pandemic. There's, I've had a, you know, back and forth over how much I can engage back and forth with people one-on-one individually. But if you're able to reply to comments, 
show up on audio apps where you're back and forth talking with people. That's engaging in communication that's real. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. no faking that. So yeah. I agree with you. If you can get back to, even if you can't do all the direct messages, but you can direct people to, and I do have some messages where sometimes I'll say, hey, I would love to get back to you one-on-one, but I am swamped. If you want to hang out with me, I'll be on Clubhouse. I'll be right, on this good. audio app at this time and come up on stage and let's talk. Yeah, That's like easier that. for me than trying yeah. to do one-on-one all the time. But exa- everyone's got to create the business they love. They yeah, love. Yeah. So there's so. no one set way. You can give people tips on ideas on how things work, but you got to also shape it for the person, the client, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I do one-on-one calls. I do plenty of direct messages. But like I said, if just depends. Like you saying you're omnipresent, the f- number one thing you were doing is building trust with getting back to people and having real conversations. Yeah, so. yeah. And I agree. You posting like that without ghosting is powerful. Yeah, yeah. All right. I love it, Judy. Thank you for that. You nailed it. Thank you. Uh, I so, tell people don't post if you're never going to get back to anybody. If you're not going to reply right. to anyone's comments. It's a waste. Exactly. You got to reply to people at least to a certain degree. Maybe you can't do 100% reply, but you could do 50% or 1% more the next day. Right, right. Well, Judy, listen, uh, I'm going to assume that the best way to engage with you is on LinkedIn, but you tell me, what's the best way for my audience to engage with you before <laughs> I ask the final question? My favorite platforms right now are LinkedIn. And I have to give Clubhouse a shout out because it's been a way to have like literal talk to everybody and have big conversations that move the needle for people. And I love it. It's a great way to engage without doing it constantly one-on-one. Everyone can listen to your public conversation. That's how we met, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Clubhouse. So yep. yes. Yep, love, love it. it. Love it. All right. Final question. Rocket Fuel Law. Turn all setbacks, letdowns, discouragement, all the toxicity that's out there. I call it gravity, pulling you down and storing it in your tank instead of your trunk where most people keep it, where it weighs them down so that you can convert it into rocket fuel to become unstoppable. And also, I'm going to add this other part that I've been talking about and thinking about a lot lately is once you get to the point where you understand that nothing can stop you, it's all for training session and fuel, you stop using the past toxicity, all that stuff in the past, and you start letting your future and the things that you're confident about and your visions that you want to accomplish, you start letting that stuff pull you forward and using that as fuel. And that's more like once your engine is a better engine, you're not going to use the 87 octane. You're going to use the, the 93 octane. What does that rocket fuel law mean to you? And what has it meant to you in your life and some of the things you've been through? I think you can visualize, like you said, your future. If you're sitting around remembering the past, visualizing what happened, stewing in that energy that, like you said, it's stored in the trunk. It's not doing anything for you, but you can flip the story to saying, wow, here's how I overcame that. Like, here's what happened. Here's what Here's what I chose to do after I found out the crappy thing that happened to me. Here's my choices I made and focus on all that. So I love what you said about using gravity to your advantages. That's what uh, Rocket, who's going up in space, is using to its advantage to keep the momentum going. I love the idea of sustainability, of keeping and using gravity to your advantage versus that idea that it weighs you down, it can actually keep you up in orbit, keep you flying. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I love it. Love it. Uh, All right, Judy. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you. If you ever need anything, reach out to me. I appreciate you. And uh, <laughs> any final words? Just everybody go out there and focus on what you want to expand. 
Let's go. Expand, oh. expand, expand. Be unstoppable, as I always say. Thank you so much. Rock it underneath yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you, you for your support and uh, for the listenership of this show. It means the world. Go subscribe on YouTube, by the way, if you'd like to watch these. And I'm also going to be starting to put out more content on YouTube. So go check that out. Not just the podcast, but other videos talking about tech and entrepreneurs that are non-tech entrepreneurs that want to be a tech entrepreneur. If you have an idea, we have the resources to help you with that. Go check that out. Mike C-Rock, Sirocco on YouTube. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.